We have one, two, three, four, five, six. So we have a quorum. And so we can start the meeting. All right, great. Hopefully, awesome. if anybody else has gotten lost, hopefully they might be able to we'll pop in and yeah. join us. But um, good evening, everybody. Uh, my name is Yonder Smith. This is the Wednesday, February 7th, regular Lawrence Cold Farts Commission meeting. I will start things, as I always do, by passing out a reporter to read a little statement about stuff. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, good evening, everyone. Um, just some housekeeping for Zoom. Just want to remind everybody the meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and um, actually not cable channel tonight, but that will come later. Um, please remember to mute yourself during the meeting unless you are speaking. There will be no chat for this meeting. All the chats would go directly to me. And the city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. Turn it back to Daniel. All right, great. Thank you, Porter. And then I will go ahead and call the roll, uh, beginning with um, beginning with uh, Marlo. Uh, Marlo does not appear to be here. And then Dina. Present. And then Marciana. Present. And then Rebecca. And then Jill. Present. And then Kim. Present. And then Alicia. Present. And then Brooke. Also not here. And then I, I am present. So um, I am going to say it. I'm going to say it that this will be a short meeting than normal. Uh, up next, all we have to do is approve the minutes for the January 10th regular meeting. Um, I don't know if anybody has any qualms with the minutes as as recorded. If so, voice them now. If not, I will entertain a motion to approve. So moved. Thank you, Tim. Do I have a second? second. Thank you, Jill. Uh, I will go ahead and go through that rule once again, starting with Dina. Approved. Great. Thank you, Marcion. Approved. Jill? Approve. Kim? Approve. Approve. And I will also approve. The January 10th meeting minutes have been approved unanimously. Uh, now is everyone's favorite point in the evening when we have an opportunity for public comment. I don't see anybody online or in person. So I will once again not get to read the fun little script, uh, which takes us right to new business. And as everybody uh, can tell, maybe our, even our friends on, on Zoom have noticed, but we are joined by Kali Akwani of the Lawrence Music Alliance, who's going to speak to us briefly. So thank you, Kali, for, for joining us. Thanks for having me. Like, uh, let Porter pull up my presentation here. It's a little tricky. You're not talking about the Kings of the Meeting Act. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap, I got the wrong <laughs> Um, Hang on. There we go. I need, but I need to go back to the Zoom and share that. Sorry. Stop share. And again, and this time do this one. Share. And I think I can make this full screen. There we go. Just tell me when I'm done. Okay. So um, I'm with the Lawrence Music Alliance. Uh, Lawrence Music Alliance. Um, here to talk today about the Lawrence Music Census, which is a Pretty big deal for our community and the city of Lawrence because it's going to help us understand a little bit about the ecosystem, the musical ecosystem in Lawrence. Um, and Sounds Music Cities is helping us carry this out for the city of Lawrence. You can go up to the next slide. Um, the purpose, if you can. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the, the purpose of this is to kind of gain a better understanding of the music community in Lawrence, Kansas, because right now we don't really have any data. So this is going to be the first time we actually have hard data on the music scene. And just a side note, this was what my master's degree was about. And I had to develop data from scratch on the Lawrence music scene 
Um, so this is a huge deal because it's going to help us understand our needs a little more in this community, what we need for music to really thrive um, economically. Uh, we do have some lead partners on this, uh, taking the charge, which is the Lawrence Music Alliance. Uh, Sound Cities, the City of Lawrence, Explore Lawrence, and then we have a host of local collaborators, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So the survey details, we're actually in about, what, three weeks now away from launching it, which is really exciting. Our website is up and running. We'll go, um, it was on the title screen, but we'll see that again later. So it runs March 1st through the 22nd, and the type of questions this survey is going to ask involve things like demographics, occupation types, perspectives on diversity, equity, and belonging, um, you, you know, kind of seeing where the needs of the people who took part in the music scene here. We're not going to ask them any personal or business income related questions. There's a lot of privacy assurance. All the answers are anonymous. There's no personal identifiers. Uh, we're not collecting any IP addresses. That's really important because we want people to answer this as um, accurately as they can to give us a really good snapshot of who lives and works here in the music scene. So um, we have lead partners. We're going to, um, that's part of our community engagement partners. The responsibilities that we have for this I mean, we're going to be distributing this survey. So we're promoting on social media, we're sending out a newsletter, we're sending out um, you know, information to our members and our audience and demographic, people who follow us online, we'll send out a press release. We really want uh, to get the word out as much as possible. And we don't have a very large window to do it. Um, but the benefits of this, uh, becoming a community partner on this, if you help us kind of get the word out, is that there's inclusive representation in survey results uh, and that you get to look at the data a little early. And your logo gets on everything. So right now the lead partners are the Lawrence Peace Alliance, City of Lawrence, Fort Lawrence, Granada, the Bottleneck, Kansas Creative Arts and Streets Commission. And then we have some community. So those are the ones we're really taking the charge hardcore. But then there's some community partners as well, like our local music, KU School of Music, local record labels, Silly Goose Records, and then we'll have more as we go on. So um, the eligibility for this survey, really it's not very difficult. Anyone 18 and older, in the Lawrence, anybody who takes part in money, um, in Lawrence and Douglas County area involved in the music industry. Um, and so we also talk about people who maybe don't live here but work here in the music industry. Um, you know, you can be any type of contributor uh, regardless of what money you make. If you make $5 an hour to run like a merch booth, that's part of the music economy. Um, you could be running a whole production company or a label or a venue, or you could be just doing sound twice a week. We want everybody involved. Uh, some people, as you know, in Lawrence, uh, a lot of us have more than one job. So if you have multiple roles in the music industry, you can provide information on different music-related roles because sometimes you know a lot of people are musicians, but they also run a recording studio. So that's going to be really important to know uh, those results as part of the survey and see who wears how many hats when it comes to thriving in the music scene. Next one. Distribution. So our community partners have a media toolkit that they'll use. Those two graphics are a couple of examples of the um, graphics we have in our media toolkit. We also have a script to follow that they can post and say, you know, like the survey is happening now, sound off, we really need your input. They can go to that website and right away the survey will be there and it'll tell them how long it takes to go through it and who can take in all the things I've gone over today will also be on that. That is laurasmusiccensus.org. Results will be released pretty quickly, in my opinion, uh, for all the data we're collecting in May 2024. So this runs through March and we'll have it like um, about six weeks later, hopefully, we'll have a summer report, a data deck, and a DEI report. Uh, and we've been meeting uh, collaboratively with other cities who've done this. It's pretty interesting that it's usually big cities doing this, like 
major cities. And then there's also Lawrence, which has a smaller population. And um, some of them have already gotten results back and they're very surprised by the demographics that take part in the music scene. So this is gonna be really valuable when we get those results back. Uh, that's kind of it right now. We're getting ready. We have all of our materials ready. It's about go time. We're getting ready to launch here March 1st. If you have questions, you can email lawrencemusicalliance at gmail.com, but you can also visit lawrencemusiccensus.org. It's a really snappy website where you can find out. We have a whole frequently asked questions section, and it kind of explains a little bit about um, what we're doing and why we're collecting this data. Does anybody have any questions? And one thing I'll add to, so Nick Carswell, you know, brought this to you guys a few months ago, and um, he's really been leading this with Fally. Fally's done a great job on all this um, collateral stuff that we help promote it. And obviously her experience in the music industry is gonna be, actually, actually I was learning more about that when you were here earlier, it's fascinating. Um, so anyway, I'm really excited about it. I think it'll give us a much better picture. It's a wake up call in the sense that it is so easy to make arts about visual arts mm -hmm. and kind of leave the music thing out. This will give us a much better sense of what that music ecosystem really looks like and how many people are involved in that and all the different areas that they're involved in. What's cool is Nick is also working with this, the Kansas Creative Arts Industries Commission to help them look at the state. And so we ended up, because we're doing this first, we're sort of the pilot program, but they hope to broaden this to other um, municipalities in the state as well. So it's exciting for Lawrence to do this and you know, really show us what, what does it look like here? We all know we have a great art scene, great music scene, but do we really know what that means? This will help us understand that. So we'll, this we'll learn great. what they need for the support because there's no way for them to even convey that right now. So this is going to be a really easy toolkit for that. Um, additionally, like when, when I did my own sort of smaller census and collected research on music, there wasn't, it completely showed a different setup. Sometimes what you see coming out of the music scene is not actually representative of it. So I had to, as a media pers person, change my coverage of covering what was in the music scene because I found out that what interested and what uh, was more prevalent here was not getting any attention. So I'm looking forward to seeing the results. Yeah, it would be really interesting and very telling, so. And it's open to anybody, right? The uh, anybody who works in the music economy. Okay, so what? But what if you're a musician that participates, but you don't get paid? That that, that counts. Okay, because you're you're getting you're, you're a musician. You're getting paid zero dollars. Seven pay eights. <laughs> if you uh, buy a guitar, if you you have you're that's part that's of that ecology. So that's I think it's a great question. And 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 to Fally's point, you mentioned like people selling merchandise, yeah. working, you know, the equipment, anything tied to that music economy is, is what we're looking for. We're focused on Lawrence and Douglas County, but of course, anybody who's working from any other because we have people from Kansas City, obviously Topeka other places coming here maybe to play or to, to um, do a, an event or something. So we want to hear from them as well. We've also had, like, this is one example, uh, we've had a lot of musicians who love working and playing here, but they could not afford to live here. So they live somewhere else, but still do their music here and run their music business here. And that was very frustrating to work with a few years ago when I learned that. So, and they still use the resources here. Like they still use a recording studio, they use locations here for music videos, but they just cannot afford to have a job and live here. And that's going to be also kind of included in data collect. Yeah, that's cool. You might reach out to JJ Hansen. Do you know him? That's mm -hmm. beautiful music. Mm -hmm. He's just, I think if he had the link, because he doesn't pay attention. That's why I'm saying. That'd be a good, that'd be a good engagement partner. He'd be a really good person to talk to because he, he connects with like old people like me. Beautiful music also had the most uh, viewed video on social media for anything related to music this last year when they put a 
Fiddler out in storm. Yeah. He played with his oh, wife. Wow. Storm. <laughs> that's cool. Oh. A great fiddler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, and that's, I'm going to do this to you guys and, and, you know, get the word out. We start promoting this, get to people like that that may not be tuned into sort of this, you know, this information, but help them understand it and invite them to, you know, share with their, that's going to be the big thing. And this is, you know, artists are notorious for getting really focused on what they do and not really looking at the bigger picture. And, and that's understandable, but this is where we really need them to help help us understand for their benefit. So there are a lot of people who work in the music industry who do not play an instrument. We have people who come to our meetings who want to be just music marketers. They just want to manage bands, you know, they don't play any instruments. And so um, there's a lot of different aspects of that. There are people who just do podcasting and they just want to interview musicians or make podcasts about music. Yeah, that's still popular. part of the music industry. Yeah. When does Music Alliance meet? We uh, meet every week uh, with each other, except this week because he's in Ireland. <laughs> so he's in Ireland yeah, this week. He's Irish. He's visiting his family, and so um, we usually get together about once a week, and then as needed, also. Um, and we both have kids the same age, so sometimes we meet at the playground. <laughs> like, so every week we kind of talk about like what we're doing and keeping up with it. We have events planned out throughout the year, and so as we get closer to those events, we start hitting those harder. So can we go ahead and get you on the agenda uh, for uh, maybe June or to hear to see what the results are? Yeah, it depends. Are. We'll see. We'll have a better sense of being either be May or like, probably June is more realistic. And I think, yeah, Nick or Nick and Valley will yeah. be there. We'll see how they roll out. And it might take us a little bit to dissect it because it's a pretty hefty, you've seen an example of it. It's a pretty hefty amount of data, which is really nice. Yeah. Music Cities has been great. And um, gosh, what's his name? I can't even say I can't. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, <laughs> so he has a whole core cohort. So in addition to the um, Lawrence Music Alliance meetings, there's a cohort meeting every month. I haven't attended all of that, but it's with all these. Fally mentioned that other cities are. Everybody's in a different stage of this. Yeah, Some actually doing it, okay. and so it's great to hear from those cities and what they're learning. And you know, to Fally's point, some of them are like, "Wow, we had no idea that this was happening or that type of thing." So it's been really helpful. And the gentleman, forgive me, um, who is leading this is um, just really great. And he's been doing this for a while. He actually worked with um, South by Southwest. So he's very knowledgeable about this type of thing. And that spawned him doing this. So. One of the cities is in Alaska. And so, right. yeah, there's different major U.S. cities and in Alaska included. And there's little well, that's, that, <laughs> that's interesting, too, is that he's going to be collecting data from all different places and getting a picture of the United States and, I guess, potentially even international. And the one in Kansas that's collecting it is us. Yeah. Which is good. And other cities are doing this in different. This is one way to do it, which, frankly, is a little less expensive than a couple of other places. Um, but this is becoming more popular as cities are recognizing how do we benevolently support and capitalize on our music scene and do it more proactively to make sure we are equitable and, and all those types of things. So this is um, kind of popping in a lot of places right now. Do you, so have, do you have a goal for how many uh, submissions? Do you, you want how many people you want to? Uh, I don't think we discussed them version it like that. And they actually, it sounds like he deals with the survey entirely and the questions. So I don't think we see real-time results as they come in. I think right. they just give us the data at the end of it, but maybe we'll check on that. Just curious if there's like a benchmark that it, it makes sense. Probably it is. Or like a million people to participate. <laughs> well, obviously, that's the thing is that our proximity to Kansas City is really going to have an effect on this. Because like I said, there are people who live outside of Douglas County but work here or they play here. And so, because we're such a strong music community, 
And that's going to, I think, have a big effect on how learning it is compared to other major cities where it's like, they're the major city. It's like, well, we're near a major city. So, yeah. So anyway, this is great. Thank you, Fal. I really appreciate it. And I'm going to present this to the Parks Board on Monday. And this is our, actually, this is our first formal presentation, Fal, oh, really? to put all this together. But we're going to really try to pedal this around. And if you guys know folks, happy to share it. You know, it's pretty straightforward. The website, actually, if you're talking to somebody, just go to the website. It's all, you know, pretty self-explanatory there, too. So we're just trying to get people a little geared up to know what's coming so that when we launch this, they know, you know, hey, I need to do this. We have a pretty lengthy list of um, community partners that we're going down the list with. Right. Right now, it's right. between the two of us to try and get people involved. So hopefully we'll get all of our bases covered. I don't want any one part of Morris to be left out. And yeah, if you think of others, send just send me an email saying, hey, have you thought of these people? We'll add it to the list. So we'll make sure we get the word out. Yep. So. Cool. Thanks, Sally. Thanks, really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us. The, the logo looks great, too. I don't know who, who did that. Um, so we hired someone to do it, and I had to do city colors. And everything on our website presentation there, it's all matched to the city colors. So we look cohesive. <laughs> yeah, this, We're in this together. This is Music Cities, but then they adapted mm -hmm. to each city, and then they used the colors, which work really nicely. I like it. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Ali. See you later. All right, that takes us to our second item of new business, which is reviewing the committee recommendations for the 2024 ODSC slash temporary public art program. So the subcommittee did meet this past, uh, was it yesterday? When was it? it was recently, uh, and met and uh, discussed um, the nine submissions that we had. Previously, I think we kind of established, talked about the program that we wanted we wanted to aim for six, um, potentially six. Uh, and forgive me, I need to, um, I didn't, I forgot to put that on here. So bear with me a second. Um, so hopefully we'll find this meeting knowing which of the nine, uh, which six out of those nine submissions we'll be going ahead with. Um, of course, the, the placement and stuff is always a bit tricky. Um, is that usually decided or recommended by the Cultural Arts Commission, or the, is it well, we like can working with Parks and Rec? Or? We can definitely speak to where we think it makes sense, but um, ultimately, if if, if Parks and Rec says, like, no, you, you couldn't put this there, then... Yeah, <laughs> yeah they do, like, a big safety review. Yeah. But well, it's only recommended where... Often it's the artist. So, um, I know, like, Miles... Mm -hmm. wants to put his piece, he wants to replace the piece he put in there this year. So, it, it, I mean, if you have thoughts. Oh, no, please. Just asking questions. Love questions. It often finds, it falls on my shoulders, what's available, where's a good site. Like Mara's piece just was just so fitting where we put it last year. So I curate it to as much as I can. And we have certain pads around town, so it's not like we can put it just about anywhere. Um, let's see. Okay, so I need here, sorry, I forgot to put this on. Or maybe I didn't forget to put it on. I just can't.
Okay, so I put this together just to show you all. Is, are, you, are you sharing it with? Oh, not yet. Nope, thank you. Thank you. Screen. And do this. Okay. It's a little tricky to see. Um, so these are the six that the committee, so um, Alicia and, uh, gosh, Marciana. Marciana and Brooke, I believe. Brooke was on it, and then Daniel, and Daniel sent in his stuff because he wasn't able to make the meeting, but everybody jived except for one artist, but we wanted the majority on that situation. So these are the six that were selected. The one thing I wanted to throw in the mix, and I'll get to it as the last one, you know, I've, I've been trying to push this program to be more than just traditional sculpture, not to say that's good or bad, but and obviously we get a lot of that, but really trying to push that envelope a little bit. So one of these, I was like, you know, maybe I can still tweak money around, but we should maybe want to include that too. So I'll run that by you guys. So Suzanne Hampton is getting her PhD in architecture at KU. She's done other projects with the city, including um, this is over at Burroughs Creek, um, that she worked with students. Um, she did this up at the KU um, Center up, um, up north um, where she made this giant ear and then they did a burn. Uh, I don't know the details of it. I remember reading about it, but, and then she's worked on this too. So she didn't have a specific proposal because she wants to work with the students. She's actually working with us on a um, educate, outdoor education area over at Prairie Park. So this would be part of that in some way, shape, or form. So I think it's, um, you know, her. it was a little unusual how she submitted because she just showed these previous projects, but I think it's a really great opportunity. And again, in keeping with what we're trying to do of expanding this beyond just downtown and stuff. So, so I was glad that this was agreeable. Uh, Miles Schachter um, loves doing pieces now for this. So he's working on um, a piece called We Are One which is this hand with a raised finger, um, multicolored, very interested in, in promoting and recognizing diversity, obviously. And that's his other piece as well up there. So, uh, and this is the piece in progress, which is always fascinating to see. If you've never, I mean, we have this amazing stone carving, you know, operation 20 minutes south of here. It's just incredible what he does. So, and he works with some amazing people. So this is cool. And then Mara, who did the piece over at the Carnegie, has proposed this. She gave two different examples because she used found objects. So she's, it'll, it'll depend, the end result will depend on what she finds, so to speak, but it gives you the general idea of the farmer. And then um, Pat Slimmer uh, is, wants to do a uh, interactive piece, which is really very cool. And so he is proposing this where it'll have a wheel so people can turn it, which kids love, you know, that kind of thing. And he actually wrote in his proposal that he will make it. One is you can't just like crank this. It'll be, you know, you have to work on it a little bit. And also that this is just a mock-up, a miniature mock-up, but he'll make it so that hands can't get caught and stuck in there and that type of thing. There won't be sharp edges. So he's very conscious about safety as well. And then V. Skip Willits, he had some, a couple of ephemeral pieces that I'd love 
to do, but I don't know that we could really do it. So, um, so anyway, he had this proposal, which is he, he, um, he has the piece out in front of the justice center now, right at 11th and, um, and, um, New Hampshire on the sidewalk there, which is willows and stuff. He does a lot of his work comes from the river. So he collects pieces of wood and stuff and then sort of reinterprets a lot of the markings that he sees. So this is a pretty tall wooden structure. And then Rollin Karg um, submitted this called Bird's Nest, which is a stainless steel sculpture with a glass um, sphere and then obviously sort of a nest on top of it. He is actually in Kansas, too. I, I've never seen his name, so I was pleasantly surprised. Where's he located? Whoops. Do you remember? I don't remember. I can look it up. Um, why is this not going? Huh. Let me go. Okay, I'm going to stop share. And I'm going to go to the internet. And, oops, that's the wrong one. Sorry. Shit. I have the link on here, I hope. Oh, shoot, I don't have it. Um, it's not that big of a deal. I'm just wondering. You know. Well, there was another thing I wanted to show you. That's why. Okay, so it was that, and then okay, that was the last one. And then, um, the one that I'm curious about your perspective, and I ran it by a couple of folks here. I'm trying to find this link. I'm really bad at multitasking. Mm -hmm. Chaos. A lot. Um. Kristen Garnett has shown in other uh, exhibitions. And so she proposed, oh, shoot, they're not showing up. If I can see them. If you open them, I think they'll. I had problems with them too. Yeah, some of these is goofy. Okay. Um, so she makes, these are actually sort of sailboat structures. Uh, am I sharing this? No. Too many things to do at the same time. There we go. Okay, sharing now. Um, so she proposed these are basically um, it's a it's a steel structure in a boat-like shape, but then she wraps them in willows to make it so it has a steel you know undercarriage, but then it's wrapped in natural materials with these I believe fabric sails and then hung from trees with chimes on them. So it's sort of a mystical ocean voyage. Um, the piece is actually called, um, uh, huh. uh, sailing ships. Um, so I just thought, you know, that's in keeping with what we're trying to do. And we obviously have parks and part of what we're learning from people is the interest in adding art in parks. So if you guys are amenable to sort of give me, you know, like I said, we don't have to vote on this formally necessarily. We can but it's always sort of a, a process 
getting through everything. But if you're amenable to me, maybe working this in um, and still increasing the budget to some degree. All these people that submitted were into, you know, they were told it would be $1,750. So any additional funds will be, um, you know, extra for them, so to speak. But so I just want to make that clear. So yeah. wait, help me remember how, so we are, best, we're reducing the so number. So we we're going to reduce from eight or nine to six. six. Which pretty much guaranteed that we could increase probably by two hundred and fifty dollars each one. But if we do seven, we're still increasing. We can still increase, but okay. maybe not quite as much. So it would be a step opportunity. And again, we didn't publish that we were going to pay a bigger amount. So um, it'll be a pleasant surprise no matter what. I think. Yeah. Was so it so? Would this good. just be up for a certain amount of time since it's. Uh, outside in the park and I imagine weather and basically what I'm thinking is we leave it up as long as they last and have that I need to talk to her because if, you know working with ephemeral pieces you know there's wind there's weather there's squirrels there's <laughs> so we'll have to talk that through it may not be possible um, I just love the idea of possibly doing something like this and maybe we leave them up through the season maybe we take them down and then put them back up for a period of time in the next spring or something um, I don't know if you remember, I can't remember his name. He had a handlebar mustache. Neil got Neil Neil Oh, yeah. yeah. So I got I'm good collaborations with him. He did a yeah. piece over here mm -hmm. in this tree, and he actually wove it. In, you know, and it didn't last you know, all, all the whole year, but it lasted a long, long time. And so I was um, just you know, thinking about him with Susan, with uh, Susan Hampton's mm -hmm. submission. Because I remember his pieces really well. He really into the earth and natural dye right. and being a part of it. It's amazing. You're so knowledgeable. In Asheville. He a great one that was on, that was on campus that really, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know how long it was there, but it, it held up it was, yeah. at least a year. So that would be my request. And, you know, like I said, I think as long as this is what the committee is recommending to you all. So it's really up to you unless somebody has a, a you know, what are you crazy kind of thing. I think we're on the right track. Um, Just because I wasn't able to attend the subcommittee meeting, was the addition of the seventh um, submission, was that, was that something that was discussed during this? No, I came up with this when I was going through and reviewing things and just was trying to remember what, because she submitted another thing, which actually would be very cool. Uh, uh, John, your I yeah, that one I, I really like. Yeah. But it's quite small, correct? Uh, I, I'm not quite, it looks fairly large. I mean, it's long, but I think that the, and I'm not sure we'd have to figure out where to put it. My concern is theft on that one. I think I felt like it said like 19 inches by something. So they, they must in my mind, the letters are not huge yeah. but it's because it's a whole sentence. <laughs> so actually it's here. Sorry. I, just... I do have to say that I feel like for me, seeing the photographs of the, of oh. the sailing ships, I feel like maybe the photo didn't convey. I mean, hearing you describe it, it sounds mm -hmm. it sounds more. There's one, unfortunately, the photo is not working, but there's one that really shows one of them a little more clearly. And I think it would be we'd have to hang them fairly high and out of reach, but that would kind of give more to the the mis mystery of it. You know, when people and you'll hear them because they'll have these chimes in them. So that is bigger than I thought. I didn't get yeah. that photo. I couldn't see it. Yeah, I, like yeah, so I don't know why the system is imperfect, but you can see these are just cut out and then mounted in the... And which also is, is really cool. I'm yeah. just not sure we have a place 
it's very location specific. Yeah. I mean, it's just fantastic here. Yeah. That was actually very high on my list when I was going through, but I was also, I was imagining them smaller because I didn't see this photo. Um, and she also altered it, that one, instead of he, she used she, which right. I really liked and right. like kind of. <clears throat> so anyway, let me see. I can't promise anything, but I would like to leave that door open if yeah. you guys are amenable to that, because I think it is in keeping what we're trying to break into a little bit more. And Kristen has a good track record with us. She's shown a few pieces in our exhibitions before. So uh, I will explore that with her if that's okay. Um, folks on video, um, can you give us a nod of a thumbs up or nod of approval if you are okay with what I'm proposing? I like the John Muir quote. I think that's really cool if we could find a, a neat place for it because um, it's so different and the message is really amazing. So I'll keep that in mind. We'll see which one might work best. Yeah, you guys did a good job. <laughs> yeah, I just was, I don't know, I thought we were all set on what we were going to do, and I'm just kind of surprised to have one more thrown in and dilute the pool of money a little bit more. So that's just my thoughts. I appreciate that. And, um, you know, hopefully I've explained my thinking and that we won't, we still will add to their um, fee or their honorarium, basically, or stipend. But um, and may I, let me, I'm going to. My goal, Marciana, that's an excellent point. My goal is to stick to the plan, but still add a seventh um, piece. And I think we can do that. So I'm going to look at it that way. Um, and again, I have to talk to her to see if that's even possible. Okay. I mean, if I had to choose between two, I think I'm more apt to the quote, finding a location, or not choose, but recommend. I feel like it holds more. Maybe I just couldn't see that picture that really did it. No, I do under, I like, like the, that it's not a permanent. I, I really appreciate with the sailing ships. I like the non-permanence and kind of that it can flow. I guess I'm thinking about all the things like how, if it was only up for a short, short amount of time I have, I'm like, would it be okay in the wind? Would it be okay in the rain? But she's done this before. So I don't, you know, I haven't. I don't know how long they've been up, but that's, I have that, I share that concern. And the fabric, I couldn't see it up close. So that photo, maybe I'll try to go back and look, maybe gives me a better idea. I just wonder if it'll get, I thought maybe it would get jingled, like wrapped up in there and maybe not yeah, being able to come through and mess it up. Because that's, that's what happened when a week after I did my paper on the thing. One of a huge storm came through, oh, and I was yeah. thankful that it held. Um, but I just wonder, but maybe that's part of BNL. Sometimes yeah, that's part of it. I was gonna say, I feel like that that is clearly kind of adds to the, the sense of it being ephemeral. Yeah, um, I, I certainly understand that people like the, the quote. I, I do wonder, I feel like with the sailing ships, it'll be easy to find a, a yeah. part of mm -hmm. which is popular and has lots of traffic where the sailing ships would work with the quotation like it would have to be such a specific location and, and i don't know if we have like an embankment like that yeah. which would work for it which is also going to get like the sort of traffic mm -hmm. and like the pizza Agreed. Agreed. i see yeah. that but even if you did it would, it would suffer the same fate i mean you know you can't really anchor something like that in an embankment and embankments aren't aren't static so, so we know that these exist. I'm pretty sure that she has these, so she doesn't have to make them, which gives us a little more time. 
Let me do some research. Let me kind of figure this out with her. And then I will bring this back to our next meeting um, and give you an update as to where we are. And, and, and at that point, I think we probably will do a vote just to make sure everybody's amenable to whatever, in addition to the six, if we move in this direction or not. I appreciate all the feedback and, and thoughts on that. And she may have ideas too. So um, artists always, you know, she has the experience with them. I think that seems good. And to Marciana's point, I feel like as far as like sticking to the plan, I feel like if we had already, since we have, we, we initially advertised the stipend at a certain amount, mm -hmm. and our plan was to then just kind of surprise the artists with more, the fact that we're, we're actually still going to be surprising them with more than they were expecting, um, but, just, but just, you know, I, I think to me that's amenable. Um, if we if we had already pulled them sure, the range yeah. amount and we're small to that, I feel like it, it didn't make sense. But um, I think I, I'm open to a, a secret seventh submission. Again, I won't commit to that until I talk to her and get her thoughts and insights on this as well. And I, I'll bring that piece of it to our next meeting for final say on that. I guess maybe a motion to approve the six with the caveat that I may have to make adjustments and then that I will bring more information about, about the possibility of the seven. Um, so they can move sure, Yeah, I think that makes sense, especially since as we've seen in prior years, you never know, like once we make our approval, you never know if one might um, not end up not working out anyways. Um, so yeah, if, if anybody would like to uh, make a motion to approve the six that we have that the subcommittee um, recommended, um, and leave open the possibility to maybe communicate with um, uh, Kristen. Kristen, thank you, Kristen Garnett, about potentially having a seventh. So moved. Thank you, Tim. Can I get a second? I'll second. Thank you, Dina. And I will do the roll now, starting with you, Dina. Approve. And then Marciana. Approve. Jill. Approve. Sorry. And then Tim. Approve. And Alicia. Approve. No, I will also approve. Cool. That's great. Thank you guys. I really appreciate that. And uh, the next thing we have on our agenda is actually the coma presentation. Presentation of the Kansas Open Meetings Act. I am curious, Porter, what you think considering the lower attendance and different location and starting late, if maybe maybe we should you all have seen this, correct? Alicia, I showed it to you during our oh, yes, previously. Yes. So um, and I think Jill may not have seen it, but I think that's not a bad idea that we could hold this until it's not super long or anything. And it, I'd rather have as many eyes as possible so I can say, okay, the, the board has been informed of this. Um, I'll send it to you as well. It's a pretty straightforward and simple presentation. If you guys can just sort of go through it on your own, that would be helpful. Mostly just want to make sure you're all understanding of the, you know, the Kansas Open Meetings Act and why we do some of the things that we do. Um, none of, nobody's violated anything at this point. You're all, you're all very um, proper, um, but it's good that we convey this to everybody in the city attorney's office um, really wants us to do this. So, so we can pause that for, until next month. All right. Um, and I don't know if anybody has any objections. Uh, of course, always feel free to speak. Uh, otherwise, uh, up next we have committee updates, which obviously we've discussed the ODSC uh, subcommittee at, at length already. Um, the grants advocacy group has not met, and the Phoenix Awards um, group, I do not believe, has met. So um, that's kind of um, my my prop my uh, 
suggestion this could be a short meeting for the first time ever might actually come true. Yeah. Um, Let me just add a little bit of information real quick on the grant side. So the um, city commission reviewed the community arts grants last night and they pulled it off consent. Uh, Commissioner Sellers wanted to talk about it a little bit and get some more insight. Some of the issues that came up with the fact that TTT grants, we had never run the two grant programs simultaneously. Um, and so I, you know, every, it was fine, it was just articulable. And of course, the equity piece. So I just want to make you aware of that. So when that committee meets, we should touch base. I've actually already drafted a potential third tier. So we have the mini grants, the regular grants, and maybe we do some sort of um, grant, you know, startup type, dedicate a certain amount of money to a startup. So it'd be a new, new, you know, recently new applicant kind of thing, trying to do something. Um, it's always tricky to know how much or little, you know, somebody really needs to make their their pro project work. Um, so there was no issue. They passed it. But just so you guys know, that was that came up as a topic. It's good um, to so know. Right? Yeah. The table. Yeah. Were there concerns about anybody? Yeah. Some people had expressed some concerns about it. Um, and so, you know, it was all on the agenda. And obviously we have various groups. And I think what's unfortunate is when you look at that, it's easy to make assumptions about those groups, but it doesn't show like free state typically is has a range of equity, you know, has a range of diversity in the it's in probably the, the most diverse thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think Busterfest has some of that. So I think it's maybe a little lost in interpretation, but I also hear the frustration, we've heard this before, of people trying to do something new and they just they feel like they can't break into. Mm -hmm. um, I did point out we had 180000 in ask and $75,000. So we couldn't, obviously could not grant to everybody. Um, but there was some, you know, some people were a little frustrated by the fact that, that three groups got funding both from the TGT and the Community Arts Grant, which is totally fine. Yeah. But we should talk about that too. Again, as I mentioned last night, I don't know what the future of TGT will be. Um, so until we know that, but for the community arts grants, and of course you guys have not had, this is the second year you've had 75 or 70, $70,000, $75,000, um, because of the budget shift. So, you know, suddenly there's more money on the table and like people it's drawing more interest, which is great. So, so it's, yeah. it's a good conversation and important to have. Yeah. I think, uh, what happens with TGT really is going to be kind of pivotal in that discussion, right? Um, if, if TGT continues in its current format, then then I think some of the concerns that I raised and that are maybe being raised by others, we kind of need to vet that out. Yes. We need to wait and see. Yeah. And I think we can probably reach out to granting agencies and get their take, you know, get some, do some research and get perspectives from different bodies who are doing granting. So, so I just want to make sure you're aware of that because that was, that was important. Yeah. It's great to know. Yeah. yeah. I'll go review the footage. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. I suppose if the if the council is really concerned about you know how we this is a Tim comment this is not the opinion of, of our organization but you know they could um, entertain our proposal whenever we deliver it that that there be certain legacy events that they fund mm -hmm. from the city budget so that we could then free up those dollars for new and exciting seed events that we would really love to fund but when you're you know, weighing the economic impact of one versus the other, you have to go to the one that's going to get the most bang for the buck. That is really true. It's hard for yeah. us to, to give money to like new new 
groups or new projects that are trying to break in when we feel like something like Reset Festival is so essential to the community that we kind of have, have our fans tied. Well, I like this tier, like the mini grants kind of gave artists this smaller amount that, but it was only to a certain select, you know, to supply, not supplies, but keeping their equipment. Yeah. And so I like, I kind of like the other one because it is, it's kind of hard to break through that. So maybe something to consider. Some of the conversations we've had in the past are, are also are kind of also about creating another tier, but instead of having, making a new tier, which is for like, you know, new things, think of the program as already being accessible for, for new programs that want to break in and create a, a tier above, which is that, that like your legacy or whatever we you know those those uh, ringers that come through every year, um, but I think either way, like it's definitely, I, it's nice. We don't always get pulled off the consent agenda, so it's good. Yeah, good the commissioners are, are yeah. scrutinizing. Yeah, they're still yeah. looking at it, and that's that's yeah. great. That's I mean, good. No, it's good to get feedback at that level. We have to remember those progress indicators are really what we're trying to move to, and I think you know that's I think that's where you pretty much landed, although. It's that's the unmistakable identity progress indicators. There's also equity and inclusion progress indicators, sustainability, you know, so where it's there's intentional sort of tension in this this whole uh, strategic plan. So we have to weigh all that too. So no, it's a good conversation and um, good feedback. And I didn't want to lose it, so I'm glad to pass that on to y'all. I do expect that the grants and advocacy subcommittees probably the next up as far as meetings. So maybe we'll try and get one of those on, on, on the schedule sometime soon. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then the Phoenix Awards were in a art year, so I need to get that RFQ out to artists, and we'll do that. And then we reviewed the ODSC for for next year, so we'll get that up and going too. Appreciate you guys working on that, and um, hopefully, had a little fun looking through all that stuff. It's always interesting. Uh, the next up on the agenda is our little miscellaneous section where we talk about. Things we're excited about, things we've, we've witnessed, or anything, anything at all. I know that we were discussing the Super Bowl, not the sports Super Bowl, but the ceramics, uh, ceramic bowl, uh, Super Bowl event, which happens at the Art Center every year, which I guess is start this Friday for uh, members, and then Saturday morning for for us non-members. <laughs> I will definitely be there. I use the, the bowls I got last year all the time. I love good ceramics. I know in the past we have discussed potentially moving this miscellany, uh, what's out and about to earlier in the agenda, just because of the fact that once we get to the end and we have an opportunity to discuss <laughs> things optionally, people feel like maybe we just don't, and then we, we get to adjourn the master. So I think that's something we could we could potentially discuss. Um, but uh it is 8.25. Uh, our meetings usually go over an hour, and this one seems like we'll be under. So if nobody has any other uh, art event, uh, events they want to plug, um, tell everybody you know who's involved in the music industry about the Lawrence Music Census. And as always, uh, if someone wants to make a motion for adjournment, I'm happy to hear it. I'll make that motion. Great. Thank okay. you, Dina. And then can I get a second? Second. Thank you, Tim. Unless anybody has any objections and wants to stay, we'll keep discussing things. Um, we have a motion and a second, and so 
we can go ahead and call this meeting to a close. It's a short one and we're in a different space and Kurt's not here, so it all feels a little bit different. But I think next time we'll probably be back in our normal location. Uh, we might have a new member joining us at the time. Uh, to reach out and, and make sure um, she knows what, what the program looks like and hopefully she can join us in March. All right, great. Thank you everyone for your time. It's nice seeing you. Night, guys. Good night, Jill. Good night, Marciana. Yes. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you.